Welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode 21 of The Near Memo. We're moving right along, and it is uh, summer now, officially, in um, the Northern Hemisphere. (laughs) Uh, Coming to you from live from the Northern (laughs) Hemisphere. I'm a little punchy today. But anyway, so I'm joined as always by uh, colleagues David Mim and Mike Blumenthal, and we're going to talk about the week's news and local and beyond. Um, and David, you're you're up first with uh, Google and its decision to postpone their Flock initiative yeah, or the so, deprecation of third-party cookies. Exactly. So uh, the, the story was that they're now postponing this deprecation for two years, uh, which seems like a really long time, um, given that it feels like the flock announcement was on the order of months ago, not years ago. So I'm not sure why it would take them even longer to come up with a replacement concept. But um, the the press has been chattering that brands were not ready for this switch, which we know about, uh, which I'm not sure is a great uh, reason not to go ahead with anything. But it would have a huge impact on uh, you know Google's bottom line and, and share price. Um, and then the other reason I think is probably more important, which is that all of these major content management systems and other large players, such as WordPress, Drupal, Joomla, um, have basically said that they're not going to support it. So um, I think Google realized they're, they were heading up a creek without a paddle, uh, if not already on that creek without a paddle uh, when it came to Flock and that they needed needed a plan B. Um, I think it's really, it, it's very interesting because I think the delay does hurt them. It lets uh, it lets Apple and others, which I think you'll talk about, Greg, next, continue to beat the privacy drum uh, as um, something that is not first and foremost at the center of Google's intentions. And um, so I think that the longer this goes on, potentially the the increasing uh, the, the the potential for a a weakening market position for Google uh, continues to increase. So that's that's my initial take on the announcement. So one, one, one sort of two quick comments. One, I think technically WordPress has not said absolutely they won't support it. I think they're saying they're disinclined to support it, but there's a, a, they haven't made a final determination, I believe. Um, and I think privacy was the, was the, the, the concern there, that, that this was still not, which Mozilla also raised, this was still not good enough from a privacy perspective. That's what I think they're, the source of their uh, uh, objection is. And, you know, paradoxically, I mean, I agree with you. I think that they, they, they are now weak. They are weakening Flock as an alternative. Um, but I think that they, they felt that they could, they had no choice and needed to build more assurances or consensus around it because they weren't gaining enough acceptance to, to, to go live with it when they, when they, as they originally had intended. Um, but, but, you had, but I, you had advertisers on one side wanting less privacy and you had CMSs on the other side wanting more privacy. So it was a good right. solution for neither, essentially. Right. And, and, you know, interestingly at the, at Google, uh, marketing live, their advertising event, which was a virtual event this year, Jerry Dishler, uh, who's their VP of ads, I believe is his title or similar, uh, got up and said, um, you know, made a big pitch for flock, um, and said these these universal ID solutions that others are promoting are not going to fly from a regulatory standpoint. You know, so there's a cluster of people in the industry trying to organize around email addresses and other other 
identifiers as a kind of a way to cobble together a cookie alternative. And and Google was sort of stead, draw, you know, drew a line in the sand, said, we're not going to do that. We're not on board with that. So this this will be an interesting thing as we sort of watch what happens over the next two years. And most advertisers are just going to do nothing. You know, it's like, it's like now that the deadline is, you know, that's right. They're going to make as passed. much money as they can while the sun grows or the sun shines. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um, Mike, did you want to chime in on that? Nothing to say. I, I just, no, it's just, it's, it's kind of like rats fleeing the sinking ship. I just, it's the big ones and the little ones, I, you know, it, it, it's finally coming home to roost and, you know, Google has just delayed the inevitable. So we'll see. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. I don't remember what year it was. I didn't look it up, but it's amazing to me to see since Mark Zuckerberg made his famous remarks, which I'm paraphrasing that, you know, people have different standards now around sharing information and implying that privacy was less important to people, whatever that may have been like seven or eight years ago. I don't recall exactly, but you, you sort of remember when he was, he was promoting that the world is now a much more free and open place and, People are less concerned about privacy. Exactly the opposite has happened, right? That privacy has become the number one issue for digital marketing and, and a lot of these publishers. And, and that brings me to my item, which is um, sort of DuckDuckGo uh, this week, I think. It may have been last week, It was week, June 16th. It was a little bit ago, but it just surfaced yeah. in my in my feet. So. Yeah, and I and I was not aware of it either. But Duck, DuckDuckGo reported that over the last year, they've seen 50 million uh, app downloads and a 55% increase in search traffic. And they now claim to be the number two search engine on mobile devices in US, Canada, Australia, Netherlands, and other markets, which puts them ahead, obviously, of Bing, uh, Yahoo, I don't know who else is left. Um, but it's but it's an interesting moment in search because you know there was a time years ago when there was a lot of intense competition in search, and then that ended and Google sort of developed its dominant position. And now, you know, we're seeing some activity. There's Neva, which is a subscription-based uh, search engine that hasn't uh, fully launched yet. Um, and then Brave just made an announcement where they're combined, they're adding a search engine to their browser for sort of a holistic package. And DuckDuckGo, obviously, which I just mentioned. So are we in a moment where there is going to be a bit more competitive uh, pressure on Google in search? Or do you think that this is just sort of a, a, a momentary blip and, you know, or not going to impact Google at all? I think part of the question for me is what's Apple doing? And what Apple is doing is making search a feature of the app, of their phone. And in doing that, they are, they keep, they, if they are forced to separate from Google in this $9 billion a year deal they have through some of these antitrust things, then I think you'll see, um, a, a shifting, but right now they are trying to disintermediate Google by turning Google into just one line amongst several in a typical phone search where you can search from any place. And to me, that's the big player here, not DuckDuckGo. Not that DuckDuckGo doesn't have a niche opportunity, which Brave has as well, that I think will play well in a privacy world, but both of them run the risk of being overrun by one of these larger, more funded, more broad platforms. And I would say, well, I think, more, oh, go ahead. I would say it's more likely that it's the combination of factors that, you know, I don't, I don't think DuckDuckGo is a Google killer by any stretch or Brave or any of these other guys. But I do think, I mean, you could see an erosion of market share 
um, from near 100% now to something closer to, say, 75 uh, over the next four or five years, I could certainly see that. Um, and then we also don't know what's going to happen with, with the regulatory environment as well. And, um, you know, some sort of breakup of you, even YouTube and Google, for example, or Maps and Google Search, uh, I think, could uh, further erode some of the, um, you know, potential competitive advantages that, that Google has today. Interestingly enough, I just went on an errand for like the first time in several weeks uh, this morning and heard uh, an, an NPR ad from DuckDuckGo where they uh, positioned themselves as a privacy company, uh, not even a search engine. That was their, their tagline was this segment sponsored by DuckDuckGo, a privacy company. So um, I do think that they're, they and Apple both, I think, have really, uh, they're, they're meeting the, the consumer demand for privacy. They're sort of matching their positioning to, to what they're, they're sensing in the, in the world of consumers. And the, um, the ad that you highlighted a couple weeks ago, Greg, with the, from Apple, with all of the, the marketer tracking people yeah. following the guy to the couch or whatever. Um, it's very and, effective. And then disappearing. I think that that's a really effective ad. It's, it's now playing during half of the NBA playoff games that I'm watching. Um, and I think that the, 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 the sort of combination of regulation, credible competitors to Google from a technology standpoint and Google's lack of, of um, adherence or certainly prioritization of privacy, uh, is they're all sort of coming together and they could erode Google's position. I don't think though, by any stretch that even Apple um, will become the dominant search engine, however. No, no, I would agree with that. But I mean, I think an, an interesting scenario is like Apple buying Neva or some somebody like that. Apple, you know, I don't know what Apple's the guts of Apple's sort of search technology is at this point. I mean, they have some sophisticated people there, but they, they I think they could accelerate uh, their search with 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 an acquisition potentially, um, which would be very easy for them to do. Um, on, on the regulatory front, you know, there the, were there were the six bills that made it or the five plus one bills that made it out of committee, the judiciary committee, and are now sort of going to the, the house floor for discussion. And, um, you know, the, 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 the big tech companies have been lobbying against that. Um, it's, it's, I don't know what we're going to see come out as law. That'll be an inter very interesting thing to see, but I do think that breaking these companies up is definitely on the table and contemplated by some of this, some of these, uh, these activities. Um, there, we're going to see something. I don't know how strong or, or weak it'll be. Um, so do, I'm curious, do either of you use the built-in search function of Siri where you either ask her to look something up for you, even if you look on Google or where you can just enter, you know, move into the search screen and yes. enter a query. Yes. I mean, it's built in every place. So it's like, I, I assume most iPhone users use that search function, which is both app based and phone based and, internet-based. In other words, it looks at everything yeah, and so it reduces search to just a piece of the data. It depends, I, on I would the type, it depends on the type of search for me. I think if it's a question, uh, you know, trivia or um, a specific- Dinner tables, dinner tables solve the, get the fact. And exactly. Then or what time is the, you know, Suns playoff game tomorrow or something like that, then yes, I'll use Siri. But um, I think for a more complex search, I still default on my phone, I default to Google. Uh, and on the desktop, I sort of alternate between Google and DuckDuckGo. So, so I, 
yeah. on the phone. I, I frequently ask very complicated queries these days of Google via Siri, right? So it's a multi-sentence. Hey, Siri, story. ask Google for. And a long sentence, which which is an incredibly powerful search because I don't have to type the long sentence on my phone. Right. I, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I would say my search profile on mobile, which is where a lot of my search activity is happening, not one hundred percent, is is I use the the search bar, um, the in the native to the iPhone. I sometimes will go to a browser, which my default search engine is Google, and I'll and I'll you know I'll either go to the Google app or I'll go to Safari and type it into the you know the bar. Um, and and then sometimes I'll use DuckDuckGo if I'm asking if I'm if I'm like looking up you know who was in that movie or some something like that I'll I'll often use DuckDuckGo because I don't I, I you know I'm conscious of the ways in which Google is watching my search behavior and giving me information in my Discover feed based on my search uh, history and I don't want a lot of sort of frivolous information in there you know so. Um, so I do a variety of things depending on the circumstances. Wow. That's complicated. Why, why are you smiling, Mike? Well, I'm just thinking, one, what movie did you watch that you on Google to know? Well, no, no, no. That but I mean, like, question, so, that was the question that came to mind. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, it's just like random things that come up that are, that are, um, you know, sort of silly or frivolous or, um, I understand. Makes you know, like, like, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 the Google anyway. app for me shows a lot of engagement rings stories because I'm always searching on engagement rings. This guy's well, right. guy so the most precisely. divorced man in the world. <laughs> per- per- precisely. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I really, um, I really uh, like the Google Discover feed, and I appreciate that it does personalize results to, to some degree to my query behavior. And I and I'm conscious of the way in which I pol- I would pollute that with, you know, some portion of my searches that, you know, I don't care. I don't want to. I don't. It, ca- it care about. seems to be smart though. If you don't click on those, it stops delivering them. Like I've obviously been. And maybe it's not obvious. I've shifted diets to a more strict diet, and it's been very helpful seeing those things in my feed. I've started riding e-bikes. I've become interested in e-bike technology. It's very interesting to see those. It's interesting to see the recipes. Interestingly, the engagement ring thing pops up less and less because I never click on them. So it doesn't get, even though it potentially could pollute it, it does for a short time. Yeah. It seems like a smart enough feed where it doesn't stick around. It is, yeah. a, it's a very, it's an interesting feed to take a look at. Yeah. Um, and I use it as just part of my news so yeah, I do too. Scouring every morning. I right? do too. So look there. I look at the Apple feed. I yep. look at my feed reader, and that's my you know sort of starting point for my day. Yeah. And speaking of, I'm trying to find a transition into your. Talk. There is no transition. Mike, what was the top story in your feed this week? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> speaking of news, <laughs> well, we're in a period of transition with COVID once again, and businesses are put on that middle. You know, in the middle of that, the CDC a couple of weeks ago said that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear masks. I think it was meant as a way of incentivizing those who aren't vaccinated to you know, get vaccinated, but it puts businesses in the middle and it creates this weird dynamic as people are moving back to business. And that sort of topic interests me because I went for both a dentist visit and a haircut. And in both situations, I felt like the business put their needs in this transition before mine. And it struck me that 
coming back to a business after 18 months away, it's almost like I'm seeing that business for the first time. And their opportunity to impress me with their yeah. concern about me is critical. And they weren't concerned. And then in light of that, then I saw these two articles this week. One was Houston Methodist, where employees sued the, comp- the hospital because they required vaccines. And the judge, which is absurd, which totally is absurd. absurd. And they, they, the claim of the employees was that this is like the Nazis testing on the Jews and the Holocaust. And the judge said, exa- this is, it's exactly this, like that. It's despicable. You can go work someplace else. And they all got fired, reinforcing the CDC ruling that businesses do have the right to demand it. And then Morgan Stanley said, look, we're opening our offices back up. Employees and customers who are vaccinated can come in. Everybody else stay out. So it's this, it, it's important from my point of view that businesses, one, get clarity about what they want to do, two, communicate to their employees so their employees don't bullshit customers and make them feel unsafe, and that they they publicly make this policy visible. Otherwise, they run the risk of losing customers, which are just now starting to reenter the economy in force. I, I, I totally agree that you're you're being reintroduced to these businesses. I mean. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's a you the business almost has to reacquire the customer exactly and um so i do think that for some number of people you know i don't know what the number is 25% 30% really care about the safety issues i think probably the majority at this point are less concerned about it i mean you're 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 pretty sensitive to it i am uh, sensitive to a business treating that issue in a cavalier way and communicating about it cavalierly. I, I just want the choice, right, to know what their policy is going in. I can then make an informed decision. Right. And for sure. Um, the, the, thing, the thing that's happening, though, that's interesting is that there are a lot of, um, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are just going to cheat, free riders, right? They're going to just take the mask off. They're not vaccinated. They're, they're just right. going to abuse the, 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 the situation. People, people are, there is violence around this. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's, it's not common, but there have been altercations. And I think in one case, somebody was shot and maybe even killed over a mask dispute, which is one of the challenges of asking the business to enforce, to enforce this. It it is. And they're put in a very awkward position by both the CDC and state governments, but I think they have no choice given the fact that they might lose clients. And I would suggest that the, the risk of dying from a, a nutcase shooting you is much less than the risk of dying from variation Delta, right? D- so depends on what state you're in. Well, where I live, which is I'm surrounded by three counties that have the lowest vaccination rates in Pennsylvania and New York. And it's like, you know, these are, we're talking 45, 50% vaccination rates for first timers and it's low here. So it is an issue. And we'll, I think businesses need to face it head on. Whatever they decide, they need to be explicit about it. And I will, in our, constant quest to end on a positive note. I will um, share an anecdote from my recent road trip to Eastern Washington last weekend. Uh, Thank you guys for covering uh, for me last week on the the near memo. Um, Came across two chains, a gas station and a fast food restaurant in sort of central, north central or northeastern Oregon. Um, Not exactly what you'd expect to be sort of, you know, top of the vaccination rate lists. Both had major signage on their front door saying masks required. Um, you know, this is a, you know, big, huge neon fluorescent paper sign, you know, hand, handmade sign saying masks required. 
the fast food place didn't even wasn't even open uh, the the restaurant to sit down. Um, you had to basically order on your phone uh, and pick up the order from the employee uh, at the door or go through the drive through. Um, and both of those actually make me more likely to visit those uh, those specific businesses when I'm on my semi annual or, or biannual road trip uh, out to play golf in, in Eastern Washington. So um, I think that the, there is an opportunity uh, for businesses who do take customer safety seriously to actually win new customers. Um, we are in this um, the sort of you know inflection point I think with respect to the economy reopening up that now is actually a great opportunity to win new customers and to engage them uh, in a loyalty program, as we've said on previous podcasts. So I think that this is definitely a, a two-sided coin here. Um, you can turn a customer away like Mike or turn them off, uh, or you can recruit one like me uh, with a good and obvious uh, masking policy and, and COVID safety guidelines. Exactly. And I think every business needs to think about it and do it, right? Well, and I think, Mike, you should reconsider going to Dennis barber shops you know the kind of hybrid <laughs> seems like a bad combo it's like the theme park and uh, funeral home that was at our one of our very just, early local use <laughs> it, it wasn't a combo i two different places got treated but similarly scary results uh, and both were i was in great need of both both the haircut and i wasn't in great need of the dental check but i thought time to get a checkup so but i'm here to say that my hair looks great my teeth are fine yeah. All right. Okay. We're happy All right. to hear Good. both of those. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, as always, uh, have a great week or weekend whenever you're listening to this, and we will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.